This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. And welcome back to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman. Joining me right now is Jan Chenez. This is our preview episode of Arsenal versus Fulham on Sunday. Obviously a must win for Fulham. Fulham are in dire straits. We need to talk about this match, my friend Giannis. But before we go on any further, I told you off air that I was going to start off with a little bit of Russ's rant. I've actually had some requests for a Russ's rant. Well, I got one for you. So here we go. Before I get into going to Giannis to talk about some very interesting details, here's Russ's rant. Congol out for the season. Now, this might surprise my take on this. Here it is. Terrence Congogol, since he has played for Fulham, which has not been a lot, I thought has been fairly impressive. So with that said, Congol for me, Giannis, and I'll say this to our audience, I don't like people really going at this guy for being injured. He doesn't want to be injured. He is just injury prone. Give the guy a break. Every time he has been on the pitch for Fulham, he has given it everything that he has. He has come back from all these injuries to play. Is there a similarity to Alfie Mawson? Maybe a little bit because Alfie Mawson seems to get hurt a lot. But I don't want to kill a player that continues to try to play for Fulham. It's happened a few times. So, and whenever I've seen him play, I've been impressed by him. I was impressed the last time. So when you think about it and you are disappointed in him, you can be disappointed with him being injured, but you can't blame the player for it. It's injuries. It happens. It's part of the sport. And I don't like how some are looking at him. For me, I look at what he does when he's on the pitch, which hasn't been a lot. He's been impressive, Giannis. Give the guy a break. He's going to try to come back once again. I think if he can, he can be an effective player for Fulham. Dare I say, potentially a starter for Fulham if he can stay healthy, and that's the key, if he can stay healthy. But when he has played, I thought he's been impressive, and I wanted to make sure that gets said because I think so much of the focus is on the fact that he gets injured. 
And like I said, no player wants to be injured. And he's worked hard to get back to play for Fulham. So I want to give him credit for that. Unfortunately for him, he ran into a truck named Triori who ended his season. Okay? Anyone that bumps into that guy, it shouldn't be a surprise that players would get injured going up against that guy when you challenge with him. But I wish the best for Terrence Congo. I'm not going to go after him for being injured. I feel bad for him because I think he really wants to play for Fulham and do well for Fulham. That's my short rant, Giannis. Your thoughts? I agree. It's funny. I was thinking about him this morning. Um, and he, he sort of – he and Alfie Morrison are like horses. Yes. In the sense that they're good on the straight – but they're not so good on the steeplechase. So, yep. and the game is, you know, stopping and turning and back and forth and, and challenges and what have you. And I remember the challenge with Traore, and there was nothing wrong with the challenge. No. Um, and when uh, I think it was, it might have been Tosin or it might have been Joachim Instagrammed about, you know, get well soon. I think it was on Saturday night, and I thought, oh, God, he's injured again. So it's time for Tosin. It's Tosin time. Yay! Come back, Tosin. <laughs> I thought, oh God. And, he, I, and I, I agree with you. I mean, I thought he had a good game yeah. against Wolves. And um, he's somebody who's just been insanely unlucky with injuries. injuries and uh, yep. the timing couldn't be worse because I thought he, on the basis of the way he played against Wolves, he, he would have started against Arsenal on Sunday. And of course, he's gone and so got himself injured. So um, I, I, mean, I wish him all the best. I think that uh, Scotty was saying three months. Yep. Um, which will bring up to um, to pre-season. And if if we don't stay up, then uh, he'd be a very good centre-back to take into the um, the championship um, for sure. So, you know, I wish him all, I wish him all the best. Very, very unlucky, though, because he's, yeah. he's been battling the injuries. And obviously, he, took, he got a cropper last week. Yeah. And listen, these things happen. And I understand the comparison to Mawson because Mawson has gotten injured each and every time. It seems like you... Look up, Alfie Mawson's been injured, and now we have the situation with Terrence Congola. But I just wanted to give this guy fair shake because he has been trying to play for Fulham. It's not that he doesn't want to play. It's just that he has been running into these injuries, and hopefully this is not the pattern for the rest of his career because I'd like to see him be a, a fixture with Fulham Football Club. Every Again, every time I've watched him, I've been impressed. I really have been, and I think there's something there. And the question is, can he stay healthy? That's part of my Russ's rant. Okay, my friend, let's start from the beginning. We're going to talk about this huge match. Every match is huge for Fulham. So let's just get your overall thoughts on Arsenal before we talk about anything else with this matchup. Well, huge story in the last 24 hours, obviously, because they needed to beat Slavia. Yep. And um, I I think they lead Arsenal deserve an enormous amount of credit. Uh, for what happened last night. Firstly, obviously there was the um, the UEFA decision earlier in the week that Glenn Kammerer, the Rangers player, got three games suspension, but the the, the the Slavia player that racially abused him got ten games. Yep. Um, which I think is so lenient and sends the wrong message. Then last night before the game, you know Slavia Prague, you know joining in arms and the sight of Alexander Lacazette, you know taking the knee down was such a powerful message. It would, it was. Um, it was almost iconic. It's one of those moments where Slavia will look back and go, what were we doing? Because as soon as they did that, they were done. Yeah. Arsenal destroyed them last night. Having said that, Arsenal needed to win because they're not going to be in Champions League and they won't be in Europa. So it was their last chance of making it through to Europe. 
and they they probably saved their best performance of the season to last night. Um, it's going to be a very difficult game. They've only conceded seven goals at home in the league this year. They're going to be really buoyed. Um, and we don't probably, score, which is really a problem. We don't score. Um, of the three semi-finalists in the Europa League, the one team they probably wanted to avoid, I would have said, would be Man United. But Villarreal will be a very, very tough game because they're up against their old manager, Unai Emery. Yeah. And um, Villarreal are a nice little team as well. Um, but they'll be very confident. Um, it's sort of funny because had they lost last night, um, our, their season was done. The Arsenal yep. season was over. And it, nothing could have changed that. And I would have take, said they were right for the picking. Now I think Arteta's looking, okay, Villarreal's going to be tough. Our, all our eggs have to be in the basket of Europa League to get the chance to go into Europe next year. Um, so how does that reflect in the lineup that he puts out on Sunday? Um, they've obviously lost uh, Obama Yang to malaria. Yep. But, but Lacazette certainly st- stepped up. Um, Kieran Tierney's obviously out. Um, but Saka had, you know, had a super game. They played great last night. So it's going to be a difficult game. But um, I have been digesting the press conference from from, from, uh, from uh, Scotty today, and it worried me a little bit, uh, to, to be honest. Um he didn't. Okay. He, he looked. I think it's the first time I've seen him this year where he looked a little defeated. Um, I think he looked. Uh, I think he's. I think he knows now the magnitude of the task, and yep. um, it might help if West Ham can go and get a result from Newcastle tomorrow. But Arsenal will be a very tough game. Having said that, I mean I just seen CG just put on the, the comments the kind of game where you go and win one nothing, and it could be. It, it could be, um, but it's going to be a very very tough game and. Um, I don't think we've got anything to lose now, Ross. We might as well go and have a go. See what well, we do. Again, we're going to talk about that because I want to talk about the approach when we get to really breaking down this match because that's going to be my thoughts on this. Basically, go for it. We'll talk about that in a second, yes. But again, I want to talk. I'm glad that you brought up Scott Parker in his press conference. The pressure is mounting, okay? It's not just mounting on him, it's mounting on the players. And Giannis, I, I think this has been a theme. And uh, we'll talk about this as we get further into the show. But as the pressure continues to mount, how are they going to deal with this pressure? I think we're going to learn a lot from Fulham against Arsenal. Because, again, what's interesting about this, and I could be wrong, and I'm glad that you brought up the approach of Arsenal. Could this be a similar situation for Arsenal, believe it or not, like our Europa League run? Because at that point, we were just concentrating on the Europa League. So not that our league formed, you know, or the league didn't matter as much, but we did put all our eggs in that basket, Giannis. Could Arteta put all of his eggs in that basket and really, again, not, I'm saying not prioritize the Premier League, but more put the emphasis on the Europa League, whereas, I don't know, maybe they won't be as up for it as you would think that they would. And I'm including Arteta, I'm including the coaches. Could their minds be someplace else? Well, that's a good point. I think I think the pressure on us back in the 2000-2001 season isn't a hundredth of what it is on Arsenal, because on Arsenal they you know they they built the Emirates Stadium, they're still paying that back. Yeah. Um, the expectation is that Arsenal in Europe every year, every single year. The really, I mean, the, the moan about when Wenger was around was 
Okay, where where are Arsenal going to finish in the table? Oh, oh, of course, it's different. Four. It's apples and oranges yeah. when it comes to. That. I'm just yeah. talking about the in the I, context of the Europa League this year. Yeah, um, I think it's I think it's much bigger for Arsenal because I think if they don't make it through, I think if I think if Arteta doesn't even if Arteta gets to a final and loses, he's got he's lost his job. I think there's been enough okay. enough dissent and discord around Arsenal fans. They're very very upset with what has happened, and um, I think they've got massive massive pressure on them. Because they're such, they're such a they're such a big club. Yep. Um, the the eggs in one basket. I can I I can see I can see that happening. Um, I think it's going to be very very interesting because the as I, it, as I said I felt I had mixed emotions last night. I thought if Arsenal lose their season's done. We right. can go to the Emirates and beat them. But in terms of the magnitude of what they did in terms of Black Lives Matter and anti racism and the yep. Lacazette stand. I was ecstatic for Arsenal and their fans and their yeah. players that they did what they did last night. I thought it was a statement for everyone. You could even be the, the most hardened Spurs supporter and, and say, you know what, what Arsenal did oh, last and night respect was something it, special. Absolutely. And respect yeah. and say that was something special. Sure. So they're going to be buoyed and they're going to be buoyant and they're going to think like they've just won the Super Bowl and they're going to be on cloud nine and they're playing at home and they're up against the Fulham team that are feeling sorry for themselves. Um. So I think half his mind is going to be, okay, Villarreal is going to be difficult. How do we do this? And if they do that, that's fine for us. Um, I think right now, um, Scotty said something in the press of the first few days that, uh, this week, that, you know, getting in mentally, getting over the game and obviously yep. Congolo going and what yep. have you. And um, we know that Mitro apparently addressed the troops. Yep. Um, I'm hoping that Tom Kearney got involved in that as well as the, you know, as a cut as a captain, you know, as the captain. Um, it's really, for Arsenal, this is a nothing game. For yep. us, I think it helps us that we don't play, we play after Newcastle this weekend uh, because we can just go up out there and play. We've played really well eight of the last nine away games and the Villa, we dropped a, a lemon. So can we get the go there and get a result? It's possible because this has been the strangest of all seasons. Uh, do we? <laughs> I don't know anymore. I don't know any. I I don't. I don't know anymore. I I, I don't know. I just. I hear you, my friend. I don't know. I'd I'd love to think we can get a result up there, but um, I do think that the, if if the emotion of that Mario Lamina expressed at the end of the yeah. game is anything to go by, this team is playing for its manager. It's still in for the fight. They're still going to give it a go, and if we do go down, we're going to go down fighting. So. Well, that's what what I I hope to see, and and uh, I, I expect to see from a form side go down fighting, and we're going to talk about that because if they do go out of uh, the Premier League again, I, I want them to go with everything that they have, and and uh, that'll go to my thoughts in a little bit about what the approach is because Giannis, uh, there are obviously thoughts on how Scott and the team set up, and we'll talk about that in just a bit. You were mentioning Arteta. Arteta, I want to get your thoughts on him because um, Arsenal stuck with him. What are your thoughts on on the job he's done? Well, if you – one of the the shows that I like to keep an eye on is Troops. If any of you guys have never heard of Troops, T-R-O-O-P-Z, he does. Uh, he was part of AFTV, and then he branched away. He's, he's very, very funny. He's worth it just to watch him have a cardiac uh, every time they concede a goal. And one of the things he's very, very critical of is, you know, he doesn't trust the process with Arteta. The problem is that Arteta, in many ways, is is, is really no different. He's just a more experienced version of Scotty. Um, Arteta served under Pep. 
Um, Arteta was a distinguished international and, and Premier League player. Um, sometimes you wonder, is a job too big for the level of experience you have? You could say that about yep. Lombard. He went in. Was he the kind of person that you should put in there at Chelsea, knowing that he's hired to be fired because of Abramovich? I happen to I like Arteta. I just don't think he. I don't think he is comfortable with the personnel that he has. I think he's still got a lot of Emery players there. He's got some very special players like Smith Rowe and, and obviously Saka and uh, Tierney and Obama Yang and, and Lacazette. Chambers has come back. Holding has been very dependable. Leno's played fairly well in that. Um, you know, they they um, Thomas Party. They've got they've got they've got good players, but it doesn't. The one thing about that Arsenal team that they've got now is I don't really see any sort of identity to it. It doesn't really have. It's like a collection. It's like a smorgasbord of players. And I think he needs more time. I happen to think that you don't give up on young coaches. Right. And um, I, I, I think he's doing an okay job, but I think he's under a lot of pressure now because really um, Europa League is the be-all and end-all. And if they get past Villarreal, which I think is a pick'em, then they're probably going to play United. And um, I'm not discounting Roma because I think Roma are a decent side, but yep. United is, are going to be very, very tough to beat. Um, and um, remembering that if they don't win that game, they don't go through the Europe. And for the That's Arsenal right. brass, that means you're going to lose players for this season. You're talking about transfers or free agents won't want to come over because they're not playing in Europe. Um, so how do you attract talent when you've got players, teams, I can't believe I'm saying this, but when you've got teams like West Ham that could well be in Champions League this year yeah. or Leicester City where they can... Um, I mean, if you remember back six years ago when Leicester won the league, um, you know they lost um, they lost Drinkwater, they lost Mares, yep. um, they lost Kante, which is amazing because they'd won the league, got to Champions League, and yet they lost their very best players. I like to think that six years later they can actually bring really good players into the king power. So Arsenal are going to get lose that that opportunity to to bring in those great players, and. Um, if Arsenal lose that, they just don't become as marketable. So really, then you're starting from ground zero. And there will be players like Lacazette, like Obama Young, um, that will say, well, do I really, you know, or, you know, or can I make an international team or will I be part of an international team playing for a team that's middle of the table Premier League? Right. I can't believe I'm saying this about Arsenal. <laughs> but but the, it's a reality. Yeah. And where you have agents, they all partic- in particular drive the bus. Right. So... I hope that um, I like Arteta. I would stick with him, but okay. the I think the Arsenal fans are a little restless right now, yep. and I don't think it's. I, I think it's. He's got. Um, there'll be some challenges ahead. I think the only thing he can do is win the Europa League, and I think that will keep his job. I don't. I think if he doesn't win it, I think he's gone. Okay, this is a shame. Wow. Interesting. Very interesting stuff, my friend. Okay, you've already mentioned several players. But let's talk about key players for Arsenal as we look at them, and then we'll focus on Fulham. You've already t- talked about Lacazette. You've talked about all these players. But really, when you get down to the nuts and bolts of it, does it start with him? And who else concerns you? Well, Saka's a fantastic player. And okay. he's going to be – I think he's going to be an absolute worldie. Um, Martinelli can hurt you in many ways. Lacazette, I think, has done a very good job this year because uh, Obama Young has fallen off the plate pace this year. And yet again, I mean, he was gone for a couple of weeks and there was, I think it was, the update was he had the flu. It turns out he'd, he'd uh, contracted malaria playing for Gabon. 
Um, Callum Chambers has made a really nice rebound from, from the injuries he's had, and we remember what he was like for us. And that's right. Forget he was our player of the year. Yeah. You know? um, uh, Holding has done a pretty dependable job. There's a couple like you know Granite Xhaka who worries the heck out of me because he's a he's a he's a ticking time bomb. Um, but overall, I think they're a, a, fa- a fairly good side who I think have been punching way below their weight. I think okay. they've got too much talent to be where they are right now. But as I said, I don't really – I think there are a lot of players that can hurt us, but they don't really have a team identity. They're not a team um, – It's more individual brilliance. Would that be what what you think would hurt Fulham? Yeah, Just- yeah, I, I'd even say I, I can't believe I'm actually going to say this again, but I even th- say a team like West Ham have more identity than than, than Arsenal. Oh, West you Ham saw... definitely have an identity. There's no question about that. And then, and they, you know, they you you sort of know what they're going to get. And and yeah. and there's your example. There's your classic example of why you don't necessarily, you know, pour the fuel on the fire of the coaches. I mean, David Moyes, for for those old enough to remember, was magnificent at Everton. He's fantastic. And, um, absolutely. Then he got his he got his big break at Man United, and he was doomed from the start. He was never going to do it. It was never going to happen, taking over Sir Alex. And then Sunderland didn't quite work out. Over Okay. But then he's gone to Everton, and owners who I don't particularly like have given him a chance. They've given him some money. He's yep. bought in some astute signings. And they've got the, the – he is manager – right now, he is manager of the year for me. David yeah, Moyes is manager of the year. Job. He's done a great job, and and um, I think also remembering the furore around moving stadiums from the Berlin, and anyone who's ever been there will know what a noisy place Upton Park is, to go to the chasm um, and the death zone that is at the Olympic Stadium. To do all that, and with the injuries they've had, I think Moyes has been magnificent. And uh, it's just a reminder to Arsenal and other clubs, like Tottenham as well, that you can't be that arrogant to expect that year after year after year after year you're going to be in Champions League positions, Europa League positions. Clubs catch up and they get they improve and they get better. And you can't listen, you certainly can't, um, you can't uh, rest on your laurels. Okay, excellent, Giannis. Okay, before we talk about Fulham, let's finish up with Arsenal as we do this on our preview shows. How does Arsenal win this match and then where it's all about form? If they play like they did last night, room for a clubbing. But I don't, but I don't think they can. And, and, and the reason I don't think they can is because Slavia shot themselves in the foot and the head before the game. You can't. Um, it's like, um, and you've seen this, Russ. Yep. You've seen this together. It's where, you know, you've got a warm-up of NFL teams and some idiot decides to go and an opposing player decides to jump up and down on the on the on the club logo in the middle of the pitch. Well, you disrespect you disrespect the club, right? Or you decide to have a fight with the mascot or something like that. There's certain things that you don't do, and with everything that's been going on in Europe about you know the Black Lives Matter and, and yep. race, anti-racism and what have you, and the furore around that Rangers game and what happened during the game against Camera, what happened in the aftermath in the um, obviously, in the um, the tunnel after the game, right. the denials, then of course the suspensions for Slavia. Somebody instructed those players to do what they did last night before the game, and it was honestly, it was a red rag to a mat, to a ball. It was a stupid, stupid move. You couldn't have motivated Arsenal any more than if you got a big sign of the gunner, stuck it in the middle of the and started urinating on it. You couldn't have done anything worse. It was a terrible move, and yeah. Arsenal came out. Arsenal came out like apps. They could. I. I can't think of many teams that would have beaten them last night. They came out. 
guns absolute blazing. They were brilliant, brilliant. Against a team, let's not forget, that knocked out Leicester City. Yes. And did a great, great job. And that was, I thought, I thought at that time, that was a shocker. They, they beat Rangers fairly comfortably. But there was there was all this thing going around about the rumors, and 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 I, not for one turning offending of that we've got fans listening and watching this right now. Yep. But for the for all of us that follow football around the world, there is the deeper you go into Europe, the more you see this kind of ins, insidious behavior from yep. fans, and it's not just in the case of the ultra fans. Because most clubs have ultra fans, um, the Czech Republic is has always been a bit of a hot zone for that. Poland has always been a hot zone for that. Hungary has definitely been a hot zone for that. Yep. Where you see, you hear, you know, um, even going down to, uh, I'm just trying to think. Um, Daniel Sturridge when he was at uh, Fenerbahce complaining about racism. You know, uh, yep. where, where fans openly. You know, throwing bananas and and oh. gesturing racial epithets at their own players who are black. So this is this is this is not a new thing. But to do what Slavia did last night was is going to require from them as a club because they are right now the most hated football club yeah. in Europe. A, an investigation from the very top to the very bottom as to why this happened, how this happened, and when you had a chance to make a statement in a game like last night to say, you know what, down on one knee as a club, we don't believe in this. You went and did that, yeah. knowing that black players in you know in red and white facing you across it. I mean, just, appall- just, just appalling. So, and CG said, I would say all the Eastern European countries. And I wasn't, I wasn't going to say that, CG, but you, yep. you're, you're actually right. Uh, many, many of them, there, there are, um, I call them black spots. They're black spots for racism in in soccer and it's horrible, um, Giannis. It, it, it's, it's horrible. horrible that all this still goes on. It's funny because I can go back at least 10 years. Obviously you can go back much farther than that. But uh, I remember uh, Brian Gumble on real sports here on HBO in America doing a whole sh- uh, basically segment on racism in, in football in Europe. And it was disgusting to watch and, and uh, it still continues and, and it makes me sick. And, like you said, you know, good for for Arsenal for responding the way that they did, and um, you know, and again for the players for acting the way that they did. I'm talking about Arsenal for you know responding to this, Lacazette for responding to this, showing strength, and uh, you know, you know that's that's a wonderful thing. And what Slavia did is not a wonderful thing. It just shows that. The situation in our world is still it's 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 still there, my friend. It's still there. It's disgusting. It hasn't gone away, and uh, and uh, good for Arsenal. And honestly, very good for Arsenal. I'm I'm happy for them. I actually would like to see Arsenal go all the way. Honestly, I'm all for that. Um, but when you look at this upcoming match again, let's just tra- change it a little bit because I want to I want to bring up this um, from from my friend Chris here because again, with everything going on with Arsenal, with how well they play, he questions which Arsenal team will turn up on Sunday. So again, let's put aside all the racism, which, which obvious is discussing. Let's just talk about Arsenal as, as a team, Mm -hmm. as a, 
as a as a football club, Giannis. They do have two sides to them. Which Arsenal team will show up? I think it's a valid question, and I think it's something to think about when it comes to fall. Yeah, they're Jekyll and Hyde side. Um, if, on their day, they can hammer anybody. They can they can beat every single team in the division, and I don't think there's any debate. They've got quality from top to bottom. When they're bad, they're bad. Yes, you know, and you really don't. You're really not sure what you're going to get there. Um, and, and that's the, I suppose that's the mystique and the mystery of what's going to what's going to happen on Sunday. Exactly, because we just we just don't know. Um, we do know they're going to be really buoyant after what happened last night. Yes, they're going to they be very be. very excited, and they should be. Um, they'll be a lot more nervous when Villarreal come up because that is that is a that is going to be one of the um, off the field to- talking points. because oh. um, Unai Emery, there are many Arsenal fans that believe that Emery was never given a fair shake, that he was he was, he was um, uh, he was treated very poorly. Uh, I happen to be one of them. I think Emery is an excellent coach, um, and I, I just, uh, I thought it was, I thought it was a mistake, and I don't think it was a mistake to get uh, Arteta. And don't get me wrong, yeah. um, but I just thought the manner of the firing was, was, um, what I thought, I thought was poor. Um, but they've got the fuel right. They've got the honeymoon period, yeah. and the honeymoon period will be Fulham. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he brings in a lot of changes on, on Sunday. We know that we know that um, uh, Kieran Tierney's out. Yep. We know that Obama Young is going to be off. So, um, put in a, a decent lineup and see what happens, and then just I don't I I, I, I don't I don't dis, mean any disrespect to our our boys in our club. I know I would never do that. But if I was an Arsenal player now, I wouldn't. I'm probably not even thinking about Fulham. I'm thinking we've just had this enormous I understand win. what you're talking about. Yeah, we've beaten Slavia. We're in the semis of the Europa League. We're two wins away from getting to the Champions League. I'm thinking Villarreal. I'm thinking Villarreal. I'm, my mind is on but Villarreal. Yeah, for me, that opens up an opportunity here. That I agree. Up, that opens up an opportunity where, you know, I, I went back to – that's why I brought up the Europa League prior reform, where the focus really was the Europa League as we got closer and closer. Mm-hmm. And, you, and rightfully so – Arsenal are huge club, huge club that expects to be in the top four. And if they do not win this, then this is going to be a disaster for them. It's complete and utter disaster, Giannis. You are 100% right. But when you look at it, when you put all that focus on it, I'm I'm just thinking, like you had just mentioned, it's going to be about Villarreal. There's an opportunity there, okay? That's, again – on the Fulham players to take advantage of this opportunity. And they need to be aggressive. And we're going to talk about that just in a few minutes. Coming up next, all the focuses on what Fulham can do to win this match against Arsenal. Okay, my friend, let's get to it. Let's start here, okay? Because uh, before we talk about what Fulham need to do to win this match, I just want to talk about the players. Who are your key players for Fulham? Against Arsenal, uh, one of them is going to be Tosin um, because Congola I thought, thought played very well against Wolves, and uh, he's 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 um, on the basis of his performance. That's a big loss. Um, I want us to really feed off the energy of the post game from Lamina. Yeah, um, Lamina. You know, it's funny. Behind every player, there's always a story. And you know, there's a sometimes a rags to riches story, and and um, it's pretty obvious that Lamina is really, really grateful that he's here. Yes. He's really grateful that he's he's been given a chance to play. Exactly. 
and um, and I really appreciate that. Um, I think that I, I think the big key is going to be actually I think it's going to be the addition of um, Anguissa. I think it's time we brought him in. Okay. I think we I think we need to stiffen up the centre of the midfield. Reed and Lamina stay in there. How that's going to look, I'm not sure. Um, I don't think Loftus Cheek should be in the eleven. I'm done. I'm just done. Um, with six games to go and that, I mean, I shouldn't, maybe it's a little unfair to pin, you know, the missed header against Wolves, but it's just the half chances that you get, the, the opportunities that you get, that goes in, we, you know, we've got a good chance of winning the game. And I think um, this week, Scotty and the coaches would have had to get together and say, okay, we have to pick up what is our strongest 11 right now. And if he's got, to, if he has to do it hand on heart, he has to say, our strongest 11 right now does not involve Ruben Loftus-Cheek by any means. Um, it, it is, you know, whether you bring Anguissa in, yep. uh, you put Lamina uh, in front of Reed and Anguissa to play up with Decodova Reed. I want to give Decodova Reed much more freedom. Um, I just thought, I thought he didn't have a very good game last week, and I think a lot of that was, was through no fault of his own. He looked like he was playing as a semi-wing back and he was constrained. He's a better player than that. He's one of the hardest work, uh, hardest working players we've got. Yep. I thought Mitra played on the whole pretty well, but again needs more service. I thought Robinson, if he can have a similar game to last week, where I thought he'd obviously been working with, on his crosses, and I was really yep. pleased with that. Um, so, in a roundabout sort of silly little way, what I'm, I'd say I mentioned a couple of players, but I really do think it's got to be a team effort. I think just yep. the whole team has to step up and and just be mistake free. Yep. Even the goal that Traore scored last week, which was, I mean, it was a fantastic goal. I mean, there's no, I mean, if he got a finger on that, it'd take his arms off. Um, but again, it's come from an error. We're going to have to be mistake-free against yep. Arsenal. And if we can do that, you never know. This has been a really twisted and screwed up year. Yep. Um, so I'm not going to write our lads off because I think that um, they know what they need to do and they'll give it everything they've got. Um, the Wolves thing was devastating because not because we deserved to win. I think we just deserved no. a draw, but it just about it summed it up. Um, but I remember 07-08, we were dead and buried. We were dead and buried. And look at the players we had back then. We just didn't look like we could score in the month of Sundays. And then, you know, the City game. Kamara. The Imanze Kamara comes to life. The, even, 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 you know, I still, it's funny, I even still get, I get, I get nervous about the pen, the penalty miss by Murphy. By Danny Murphy. Danny Murphy. Exactly. Go back and watch that. I've watched that so many times. Just think about that. He um everything you know, had to go right. Everything had to go right. Diamancy was a, an in and out figure, and he was polarizing at times. But you know what? I tell you, it it, it was uh, he didn't need to do anything else with his club. Oh. Those, two, those two goals. That was it. That was that. Was, That's fine. Fine that by me. I hate That's, to say yeah. fine by me, my friend. All right. Okay, before I go to you and get your thoughts on what Fulham need to do to win this match, this is where I really want to dive a little deep in with you, my friend. What will be Parker's approach? And I'm going to share my thoughts on what I hope is the approach. But again, this is more complicated than it might sound. I want Fulham to be aggressive against Arsenal. Now, that could leave you open to maybe a hammering. It really could. But I don't think that they have anything to lose at this point, Giannis. And I'd like them to be aggressive. I'd like them to start two strikers up front. I would like to see Mitro and Maja play together. Okay, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's the wrong approach. But 
that's kind of what I'm looking at. I want Fulham to be ultra-aggressive and go for it, and go for it against this Arsenal team. And again, it could be dangerous, but I think at this point, what do you have to lose? You have to play to win, and my concern, Giannis, and I like Scott Parker, and again, as I've said several times, he was not my choice, but he has earned my respect. The only thing that I wish is that Scott Parker would show another side to him. He is who he is. He's conservative in nature. It has worked to a point. It really has. I I think he's done a good job. But I think at some point, you need to show another side of yourself. Show me an aggressive side. I would like to see a different approach from Scott Parker. I think we're going to see some of the same because, again, that's who they are. They've taken on the identity of Parker. Could they be aggressive? Here's another question because they played this way for such a long period of time. So what do you think will be Parker's approach and thoughts on what I just shared? Well, I'm going to I'm going to do the unthinkable here, Ross. So I'm just going to I'll apologize in advance. And okay. I included you on this earlier this week because we can talk off air. Okay. I just finished, finished, I just finished reading this incredible book here called The Tough Stuff. Yep. And it's by a guy called Cody Royal. Cody Royal is the head coach of the AFL, the Aussie Rules football team in Canada. Yep. And it's about seven hard truths about being a head coach. And Scotty Parker actually makes a few appearances in this, believe it or not. Yep. So, um, and I actually got a hold of the author and he's going to, I said I'd give, uh, uh, next show I'll give a plug. Um, and he said he'd actually give out some free copies to the fans. Um, I mentioned that because in the book he talks about an NBA game a few years ago where um, Steve Kerr, head coach, famous head coach of the Golden State Warriors, got together with his coaches before a game against the Phoenix Suns in Phoenix. And he said, I think, I think the players are bored of my voice. I think we need to do something a little different. So why don't we do something a little different? So they had a, a meeting. Um, they traveled to Phoenix and uh, Coach Steve said, um, this is what we're going to do tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, you're going to pick the, the players are going to pick the lineup. So the players are going to do the substitutions. The players are going to call the timeouts. The players are going to do the, the, the chalkboard stuff. We'll give you a couple of pointers as to what to look for, but you're essentially going to be 12, 13 coaches. The rest of the coaches and I are just going to sit on the side. And what he did is he phoned, who was then Jay Triana, the, the, the head coach of the Phoenix Suns, and said to him, this is what I want to do tomorrow night. And it's no disrespect to you. You know, you're a fantastic side. Yep. But I want to give the players the benefit of the doubt, seeing what we're going to do and see how they wanted to, to police a game and how right. they want to work it as professionals. I mentioned that because I almost think that this is the sort of game that Parker could do it, where he says, okay, look, we know where we are. We've got 26 points. We're six points behind Newcastle. We are devastated. How do you as a team feel that we do, we're going to do our practices, but this is how we play it on Saturday? We go up to the Emirates, but... We show them something different, yeah. Show them something different. And so, therefore, let's look at the lineups. You decide the lineups, and you, you police it. You police the team. Because at the end of the day, and Steve Kerr said it perfectly. He said, it's not my team. He won three, four NBA championships. At the end of the day, it's never my team. It's always the players' team. So how about he does that and says, you know what? I'm, they call it gradual release of responsibility. It's a bit yeah. drastic. He said, okay, so we got Arsenal. You take it away. Let's, and it's not a, a I don't care anymore. It's like, you know, it gives you a different views, gives you a view different. 
And I, th- I read that section in here and I thought, bloody hell, this takes humongous audacity and bravery to do it. But I almost feel like if you're going to let Scotty say, okay, go out and let's be aggressive. Let's go for this. Let's go and see if we can get yeah. three points. I'm almost like, well, if you're going to do that, why don't you just say, okay, guys, you run the show. What, you know what you need to do. I don't need to tell you what to do. We've been through all this. Why don't you do this? Why don't you prep this as a unit? Why don't you do it, you know, break it down into defensive midfield attack, break it down into chunks, set plays. What happened last time we played Arsenal first game of the season? How did they break us down? Where did we have fun? Where did it go south? Um, dimensions of the field, how are they going to look after the European League game? Let's recap on what happened against Wolves. Bunch of fundamentals that as a team they can yep. review and reflect. And I, oh, CG, um, uh, to answer your question, uh, the... Yep. Um, they won by um, Golden State won by thirty. They were on the middle of a forty-three and a, forty-three and one run, actually. Um, because, but I, I almost feel that like he should do that. I don't, I okay. can't see it, but I'd love it if he said, "Okay, go on, boys, go and play. Just go and right. play. You decide it, and we're going to sit and watch." Okay. And I, by the way, I have done that as a coach. I have done that. Okay, I, I've done that a few occasions where I've said, "Right, ladies, you decide the lineup." I'm not even doing the subs. I'm going to sit and drink my cup of coffee. I'm going to watch. And I'll, I'll say a couple of things at halftime, but it'd be minimal because you organize and engineer the, the halftime team talk. Okay. And it works. So what they got to lose, Russ? Well, that's my whole thing, Giannis. What do they have to lose at this point? So, you know, and it's funny because I, I want to bring this up. If anyone that has watched Newcastle lately, and I've watched all the Newcastle United matches. Now, their approach they brought in an, another coach to help out with with Bruce to change the philosophy of Newcastle United. I don't know if everyone understands that. They've been much more aggressive, Giannis. Newcastle United, they understand the brevity of the situation Bruce does, and they are trying to change who they were. Now, again, they got, say, Maxwell back, and they obviously got Callum Wilson back, and that makes a big difference. But the style of play had already changed. It had changed before that. They looked like a different side, I want to say, for the past six or seven matches. So here's an opportunity. Fulham's survival in the league is really just it's 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 just hanging there, Giannis. Why not go for it? Why not go four four two, as Dan Ambrose is suggesting, and just throw caution to the wind and go for it? And like you said, maybe do what you said, Giannis. Have the players say, listen, this is what we're going to do. It's, it's our team. We're going to run it right now, and we're going to be ultra-aggressive, and we're going to go for it against Arsenal. But, again, I want to go back to you. We're talking about the approach of Scott Parker. What do you think he is going to do? And then I'll get thoughts on what you would do. I'm not sure what he's going to do. Um, and, and there's a couple of reasons why. Um, Dan's put up there about, you know, Mitra and Madja. I'm not sure that Scotty trusts Madger. And the last question that Scotty was asked at the presser this morning was, I thought it was a brilliant question, and it came out of left field. But it was, um, when the dust has settled and you look back on the season, will the fact of our inability to buy a second striker before the start of the season mean we get relegated? It was a brilliant question. Yep. Because you didn't expect it. And Scott turned and said, well, you know, those are things that we can reflect in the end of the season. He's saying all the right things. Right. But the fact of the matter is, 
that's where it's at. You're going to play two strikers. You better have two strikers you trust. Mitro's back in form, but do you trust Maja? Right, right. So, so then, so then, what do you do if you play two up front? Then imagine if you and look, you can't play players you don't trust. No self-respecting coach will ever do that. So then, the question is, you've got to look at Plan B. Who can, who could you stick up front that could possibly do the job? Please don't tell me Cavallero. I watched the post-game show, and I don't yep. remember if you and. Um, you and Amelia and um, and Max mentioned yes. this, but what for me summed up this whole season was that free kick near the end on the right hand side where Cav had the chance to pop it into the box, pop yep. it into the box, and he's hit it straight as a die. Yep, for Patricio to come out and take it. Yep, and if and there's there's probably no moment in this season that encompassed the nonsense at the bottom end than that. I mean, I, I, it's just, it was just, it's like, no, you, you, you had one job to do, knock a ball in a box, anywhere, everywhere, whatever you do. So for that reason, I'm hoping he plays Dekadova Reed up front. With okay. So just, just because I just think he gives more speed. I think he's going to go one v one. We know he can get, uh, we know he can get penalty kicks. We know he can get free kicks. We know he will drop and defend. And, um, at the end of the day, Scotty has to put out the players that he trusts. And right now, I don't trust Maja. I didn't see a lot when he came on. Okay. And I would go that – I might get a lot of stick for that one. But I would start with Bobby and Bobby and um, and Mitra. But who know, you know what's going to happen. Cav is probably going to start, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Okay, my friend. I want to share this co- uh, comment from Stefan because, again – this is actually reminds me of a conversation I just had today with someone else. Things cannot change overnight and an approach to playing cannot change just because we wish it, especially one that has been imbued in these players since they joined the team. And as a, someone else also commented, they, you know, have they taken on the personality of their coach? And I, I, I think they have. So it's a good point. Can they flip the switch? I don't know if they can flip the switch. It's a good point. But if you're asking me what I want them to do, that's what I want them to do. The question is, could they do it? And I don't have the answer for that because, like I said, they've been entrenched in this system. Could they do that? So only time will tell to see if Parker decides to go for it like that or just play the way that he normally has. I I would bet against the latter. I I think he'll do what he normally does. But Giannis, how does Fulham win this match? In your mind, go hell for leather and have a go. Have a bloody go. Have a go from the start. Whistle goes. Go for it. Go for it. Don't. We've got. I know Robbo. Robbo's on on the line now, listening yep. and watching to this. Yeah, he's he is. What we have. What we do to kill to have Robbo in the centre of the park. You know, he'd be out there clattering bodies. You know, he'd be, out, he'd be like, right, let's go for this. Let's do it. Yeah, keep the faith we have formed. That's right. Go for it. Don't be namby pamby. Don't be tempy wempy. And you know what? If 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 going back to Scotty, if he gives last minute plans, says we're going to do something a little different for Saturday, it's all yep. between the ears. These are intelligent players. If you can't to change is difficult, not to change is fatal. He, right. he changes the formation. He changes the thing. Okay, so what? They've had they've had nine days to get ready for this. Okay, every game is a is a World Cup final now. Right. Okay, they should embrace this challenge. 
Exactly. If, if Robbo was out running out there now, he'd be he'd be frothing on. He'd be he'd be spitting on raw meat now. And this it, it's a challenge to embrace. Look, we can we can do this. 13, 14 years ago, nobody gave us a chance. We were forty five minutes away from being relegated. You know, the, 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 let's not forget Stephen Ireland scoring a goal on us. Oh, Jesus. I'll never forget that. Yeah. Right. And and somehow, through grace of God, we found a way to win that game. It's not over it's too so all we need is to be three points I know. Newcastle come the last game of the season. Um somebody's been putting out thoughts of Sam Maximin. Um he's a good <laughs> he's a good striker. He's a good striker. Oh, he's a great player. But he shouldn't be at Newcastle. But just so you know, it's um coming from a, a commentator that it's uh or someone that's commenting and, and thank you for, for watching I have a feeling this is a Newcastle United supporter, which is fine. <laughs> it's fine. So, so obviously uh, he's asking what we think, and uh, he already made a comment that that uh, Newcastle United ha- are a much better team. So I, I kind of have an idea that this is a Newcastle United supporter. And you know what, my friend? Thank you for watching. Thank I'll you tell you me. what, though. I, I I would not want if if they're three points behind us last game of the season and things stay as they are in terms of the capacity and knowing what we remember from the game when we played Liverpool, at the cottage and the and the noise that two thousand fans made, I'll tell you what the atmosphere is going to be something else. Oh, that's going to be oh. that's going to be crazy. I would not want to be if Newcastle I'm if I'm Newcastle that. United. I don't want it to come down to that. Match. I don't want to come down to the cottage. To be no. honest with you, no. they need to take care of business before that. If it comes down to that final match, and uh, we have proof on what happened in that Liverpool match at uh, Craven Cottage, and that was what two thousand fans. Those two thousand fans made game. a difference. They would yeah. make a huge difference. So, so let's. Uh, if I'm Newcastle United, I don't want to come down to that final match. Anyways, mm. all right, Giannis. So, let's uh, let's finish up by getting your starting eleven and your formation. Okay, I got my lineup here. Um, I think I go. Um, I go th- uh, three four. T- I'm going to go three four two one. I go Ariola. Um, back three. I say Aina Anderson Tosin. Tosin has to come in. Um, then the midfield um, would be Tete, Reed, Angisa, and Robinson. Okay. And then you'd have Lamina and Decadova Reed in front of the four. And then Mitra up front. Oh, that's 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 what I like. And and again, there were some good performances last week. I, you know, amongst all the devastation, I thought we did some good things against Wolves. I, I really did. It was. I think it was just the fact that we left. We let it go so late. Um, but. I, this this has just been such a messed up season yep. that I know that Newcastle are sitting in their cosy little holes up there now, and and Burnley and Brighton and thinking it's all done, but it ain't done. It ain't done. Newcastle have a very very tricky stretch coming up, and don't think Newcastle fans that, that uh, West Ham coming up to the northeast they're, they're looking for Champions League and they're smelling blood. That's right, and and they're going to want the three points. And the fact that if we can, if if the Hammers or the Spammers can knock them off, then um, it means it gives us something to to, to think about for the Sunday. That's right. They need... better they better hope they get something out of that because if they don't, it could all go pear shaped. It could go the other direction. So there's a lot of pressure on Newcastle United. This is actually a match that could really uh, change the relegation battle. They don't if they lose that and then Fulham beat Arsenal, game back on. And, and let's... you know, and 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 I will say that. I, I think Fulham are going to get relegated. I said that after the Leeds match. But um, if you look at this, if Fulham are in it until the very end, they certainly have an opportunity. But, again, that's just 
how I feel. I, I, I think they will be relegated, but don't give them a chance. If I'm Newcastle United, I don't give them a chance. They lose to West Ham, Fulham beat Arsenal, game on. And if I was to poke some fun, if you got you, you know, you got twenty Premier League clubs and you got all the supporters together. Yep. So we take Newcastle and Fulham out of it. How many sets of supporters in the Premier League will want Newcastle to stay up? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm, I'm deadly serious. Yeah. Uh, how many? How many? The London clubs will want us to stay up. Yep. I, I can't think of any clubs that will want us yep. to go down. And you could add into that. Yep. Sunderland fans would be happy if Newcastle get oh, relegated, and Middle, Middlesbrough fans would be happy too. Let's face it, the whole world wants Newcastle to go down, and we should make that happen. We can exactly, do it. Exactly. Yes. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm sorry. You're starting eleven. Uh, I, I named it. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I, I, I'll go through I, it again. I'll go through it again. Okay. Ariel, Ariel, I'm sorry. I like that. That's a senior moment, as we would say, Giannis. So I, I've got Ariel in that back three of uh, Aina, uh, Anderson and Tosin, uh, midfield of Tete, Reed and Geeson Robinson. And I would have Lamina and Dekadova Reed playing in front of that central two behind Mitra. So it'd be, for me, it'd be a three, four, two, one. Okay. All right. All right. Excellent. All right. Let's go to predictions. If you're watching live, feel free to give us a prediction for the match. Our Newcastle United supporter, give us a prediction for the Newcastle United match and also the full match. I'd be curious your prediction. I'll share it. I have no issue sharing it. So let's go to predictions. Giannis, I'll go to you first. Give me your prediction for the match. And just as a thing, Michael White put something about no Lookman. Lookman is supposed to be available. I'm still a bit hesitant yep. about that, about how that's going to look. Um, Newcastle are going to lose to West Ham 2 nothing, and I'm going to have a good laugh. Okay. And uh, I'm going to predict that we are... Uh, we're going to win. I think wow. we're going to win. I think we're going to win in the Emirates. I can feel it. Come on, you whites. Come on. I want it to be, I want it to be, you know what? I want it just to have some fun. I want it to be a last minute goal worldy from Loftus Cheek. Okay. I just, uh, I know I, it's, it's going to be funny. I mean, if depending on the team they put out, I think, uh, I don't think we've got anything to lose. We might as well okay. go, but at least we'll know that Newcastle have played. And I think that's a big thing for us. <laughs> Okay, my friend. All right. All right. Let's let's get to some predictions. Stefan has 2-0 to Arsenal, and I understand that. Here is a, our friend, and we're going to call him a friend, our Newcastle United supporter friend. He's going 2-0 to Newcastle United if Maxi and Wilson are fit. Okay, fair enough. Let's see what else we got here. I'll, I'll start reading the predictions. Kai has going to be honest. I think 1-1. Dave Clark. Oh, let's see. Ralph Leach, it's time for Arsenal and Chelsea to help us out. Yeah, I yes. agree with that. Dave Clark's is 2-0 to form. Let's see. Let's see. And, um, Dean Traversa goes 1-1 one, one draw. All right. Let's see. Let's see. And let's see what this is. Michael White. We go down with a late winner. Okay. All right. We'll see what happens. Okay. Here's my prediction, Giannis. And um, I, I've pretty much been with you. And everything tells me I should be predicting a full victory because let's keep hope alive. I'm going 2-0 to Arsenal. <laughs> I know, Giannis. I'm going 2-0 to Arsenal. But this is actually psychologically. Thank you. Yes, I know you didn't. Yeah. Okay? 2-0 <laughs> to Arsenal because I've been so wrong so many times. I'm going 2-0 to Arsenal. And um, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. All right, my friend. Let's wrap up the show. Any final thoughts before we go? No, if there's anybody that um, is looking for a quick buck, um, looking to slip some something something into the Arsenal players' tea pre-game. X-Lax works well. Take about 45 minutes. Time they come in for the halftime cuppa. You know, you, you never know anything. You know, anything goes. 
I, I'm looking forward to the game. You know what? It'll. But, um, let's get. I, I really want us to go out and give this a go. Let's give this a go. Let's. Yeah. If we're going to go down, let's not go down with a whimper. Let's go down and fight. And I still think there are twists in the tail. As I said, three points behind with yeah. one game to go. You're right. You're right, my friend. Okay, great stuff. And listen, I want to thank everyone that has watched live. And I, I want to say this before I wrap up this show. Uh, it's been a trying couple of weeks for me and my family. And uh, I just appreciate everyone that listens and watches to Phone Football Club. We're, we're healthy. Everything's fine. It's just been a lot going on behind the scenes. And I just want to thank everyone for supporting uh, Cottage Talk. It's, it's uh, a show that I love. And uh, I love um uh, showing it to everyone and listening, everyone that listens around the world. So I just want to share that. And, uh, and I'll just say one more time, family is healthy. It's just, just been, a, been a lot going on in the home front. I think everyone can understand that. And COVID is obviously a major part of that. Uh, but no one's no one has COVID. Just want to mention, make sure Bro. I mention that. No one has COVID in my family. Anyways. All right. Time to wrap up the show. For Yash and AS, I'm Russ Coleman. Thank you as always for watching and listening to Cottage Talk. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.